making music every night. Discover what is all around. It's the big sound in the small town. It's the big sound in a small town. Hi, and welcome to Big Sound Small Town. I'm your host, Sandy Carlton, and this is a podcast about the lives and stories of the musicians, writers, artists, and their associates that have their roots in the small towns and communities across America. If you like what you hear, tell somebody. Enjoy. decided to do an upstate South Carolina edition, Neil McJunkin was one of the first people who came to mind uh, back in the 80s, early 80s. I saw Neil performing with his band Slewfoot in the Bowery in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and I thought to myself at that time, that was one of the most talented musicians I know of. Well, not only was he talented and go on to have a long career, he's a nice guy too. And he brought something to the show that no one ever has. Neil wrote a song the night before, especially for the podcast. He came in, he did a wonderful job on it, and then he left me the original lyrics, handwritten lyrics to the song. Now, for me, as a songwriter, as a person whose life is surrounded by music, getting the original lyrics to the song is as cool a thing that can happen for me. So Neil, thank you so much. bottle there's lightning in the sky I spent too many years with my life flashing by I've forgotten how the cold rays steam and I'm almost over now my mother she would be so proud her little boys roll back the ears His bloodshot eyes are turning clear And I'm almost sober now Forty plus three minus fifteen beers Equals the greatest sum of my drunken years Not counting all the tears from my lover's eyes 
I was never known to stick around When I was searching in another town For a pot of gold I still haven't found And I'm almost over now My mother, she would be so proud her little boys roll back the ears His bloodshot eyes are turning clear And I'm almost sober now Maybe someone will take what's left of me but I'm not holding my breath, you see I've had chances, there's no one else to blame I've made my choices and they were my own Let's save that thought for another song Time to toss that bottle and bury her name And I'm almost over now Mother, she would be so proud. Her little boy has rolled back the ears. His bloodshot eyes are turning clear, and I'm almost sober now. Yeah, life can be mean, it can be cruel. Wasted mind acting a fool, but I'm determined to get it right somehow. The sky's dark and it's dark to rain, but there's no poison in my veins. I'm getting over you. I'm almost sober now. And I'm almost sober now. Mother, she would be so proud. Her little boy has rolled back the years. His bloodshot eyes are turning clear, and I'm almost sober now. Yeah, I'm almost sober now. Hello, this is Neil McJunkin. I'm from Liberty, South Carolina. A longtime musician, been playing for over 50 years out in the bars and a few big stages and on some records and now record my own music as well as keep on playing everybody else's. And I hope you enjoy this podcast we're going to do today with Sandy and we'll be going over some music I've done and hit a little history of my past and looking forward to it. All right, well, welcome to the show, Neil. I'm glad to have you here. You know, you, um, you, you're a legendary South Carolina musician. I mean, you, you ask around, uh, and one of the first people that comes to mind is you. How did that happen? I mean, did you wake up one day and decide, uh, I'm going to be a famous musician? <laughs> uh, I'm kind of humbled by that, that statement, Sandy, but thank you so much. Uh, I've been doing it a long time for sure. No, I... 
we had a lot of good musicians around our area from Liberty. It's, you know, not many of them that well known, but there were some great players. And uh, I think my brother Steve and I took an interest in guitar about the same time. And of course, we'd been listening to the Ventures, and Daddy always had the great country music on right. on Saturdays and stuff. So we listened to that in the background. But we kind of was pop oriented. We started playing the Beatles and the Stones, and uh, we both got our guitars about the same time. And I'd say sitting in the bedroom, my older brother was kind of my my first yeah. major influence. He, right. he, he played, sang, so he encouraged me a lot. You know. Yeah, so so I mean, you had encouragement from your family, right? Yeah, uh, Dad was a he believed in chasing your dream. He was a pro baseball player, so he chased his dream for a while. Yeah, I, parental support's pretty big on when you choose whether you're going to be a musician or not. Yeah, it it really is. Uh, I don't think Daddy understood everything we did, but he he certainly supported, supported us. Right? Yes, sir. So did did I? some point I guess you after you thought you were good enough to form a band uh well you did you play by yourself <laughs> first no you're familiar with uh Odell played with Odell yes. Scott played with yes. Slewfoot you know, I think he he and my brother Steve and I played our first job together and we played it Odell's mom and dad's one of their restaurants I think they had two or three at the time and we played one of them at, at night we played for, our pay was a plate of spaghetti. <laughs> That's, <good. laughs> That's my first paying. <laughs> How old would you have been about that time? Uh, probably about 14. Oh, yeah, that's great. 13, 13, 14, I guess. That's, that's great. Now, now, to start out now, you're, you're a fabulous vocalist. Did you, did you, um, did you realize that early on, or, or, or were you more, more interested in being like a guitar player? Well, I just love music. I, I, I didn't really start singing. Uh, I think Steve, our first little band we had in the bedroom was me and Odell and Steve, I think, called the Fontanas, I believe it was. <laughs> and they, they were doing more to singing. And then uh, they was a real good singer from Liberty, I mean, exceptionally good, named Ace Bowie. And I played in the band with his brother he played keyboards with me and stuff we'd knock around and my brother some older guys were singing and all of a sudden you know everybody's graduated some of them's off in the war oh yeah yeah, yeah. and there's nobody left around so he says well you gonna have to sing start singing now and i said oh you know like uh, i don't know about this so much but um so i started giving some stabs at it and do a little more by the time i'd left uh, high school well i i played nightclubs in greenville Right. Why you know, I'm thinking my junior high years, and and then uh, then I went to a place called kind of a famous teenage club back in the day called this Chicken Shack, oh, yeah. and people come from about three states, and honestly, there'd be many hundreds, maybe four or five hundred kids there on Friday night or something. So they had to, you know, by that time I graduated, and me and my brother Steve and his wife Susan, and and you know we had all the. Guys playing instruments were so good that they let me play a little bit, you know, on guitar, but uh, I was singing more. Well, do you remember kind of the stuff you were doing at that time? What kind of music? Uh, we were doing everything from uh, Dionne Warwick to Vanilla Fudge. <laughs> <laughs> that's good, though. I mean, you know, that's 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 how you you develop as a musician, <laughs> yeah. you know. I remember playing "Keep Me Hanging On." 
vanilla fudge style. Oh, and, yeah. And uh, they were, we were trying to do our own pyrotechnics at that time. And <laughs> they set my pants on fire. I remember that. And they, they were caught, little caught. And man, they burned burn up about six or eight inches before I could get them put. That's funny. Uh, uh, so, so at this point, have you decided that you're going to do this for a living? Or yeah. did you even give it any thought? I, yeah, you know, everybody has dreams. I, I came from a little bitty high school and played football. I, I played rec league. I only played my last two years, my junior and senior year. So daddy played some ball. So I was thinking, you know, maybe I'd go to college. I, you know, I don't think I had those kind of skills or size at all. So a football coach would ask me, so well, won't you, you know, get more serious about that? I said, well, and why do you play? Because I get through playing the ball game, have to hurry to the next town over to play right. in, in the band after the games and stuff. I would do on Friday nights, and I knew I had a lot better shot <laughs> <laughs> playing music than I did being a sportsman. Oh, uh, so yeah. anyway, I, I I started yeah I started thinking about that, and uh, we had I guess I brought up Odell's name several times, but we, he and I played together a lot, so he's part of it. We played in. Uh, <coughs> Greenville, we started playing the nightclubs with some other guys, and most of the guys I think were a little bit better than us. But we had some raw skill, you know. And mm-hmm. at that time, my voice was high enough, probably sing girl songs if I had to, you know, in the, region, in the same key. So I get hired for my vocals a lot. Like I said, they just kind of let me strum rhythm strum and keep me keep, keep me hurt my feelings or something, you know. Because <coughs> and uh, but we gradually you know got better and we ran into some guys they had a club called the black steer there around that area outside of greenville toward, toward greer and the uh, a lot of stars would come through they had you know gary puckett and yeah. percy sledge and whoever and we actually hooked up with the bill haley's band after oh, yeah. after a show and if you know bill was kind of on his way down you know he wasn't right. You know, he was popular than the Beatles at one time over yeah, in England. Amazing, you know, at one time. So we was go back, hang around the motel and stuff with them and <laughs> they would actually do it like the Beatles did, hiding from Brian Epstein, they'd hide from Bill Haley, you know, because he <laughs> yeah, won't have yeah. he won't have yeah. pep talks in the you know, after the show in the middle of the night. So we started hanging around some, you know, meeting some players and stuff and it gave us, you know, some ideas and some aspirations. So, so what's the next step you take? The first, I played with my brother and uh, some, some real good guys and his wife again with another band and uh, Betty Dellinger's in this band. He later on became a member of Nantucket. You okay, know, so he yeah. was, you know, mm-hmm. again, I always played with these great guitar players and so he, he let me play rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> let me play rhythm again when I wasn't singing. So uh, we we were real popular, and uh, we 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 did a few things. Uh, we actually, Mother's Finest actually oh. they actually opened for us. Oh really? Well, that's that. that let me tell you, I'm gonna say it to brag because we looked at each other after they did their set. And we went, Oh my! Uh oh! Yeah. yeah. So we, <laughs> yeah. we we realized we was in trouble. So uh, we had three nights booked with them. So we we got, <laughs> we got together with them and talked to them. Let's flip this thing around here. So we have you know because. It was ugly, but after they played with us, we... Whew. Yeah, Mother Frowness, man. Yeah, they, they were amazing. They, they were, were so amazing. good to us. They were so down to earth and, and uh, 
I think the drummer that played with him at first, I think he's playing with Marshall Tucker now, maybe. Oh, see. Maybe he yeah. was. Yeah. And um, so uh, we, uh, yeah, that's Benny good. went later on, went, we, we went on the road together in some other bands, and, uh, and another guy played with Nantucket was with us, you know, Dave, another David Johnson, one man, right. but his name, they called him Thumbs, he was a bass player, great singer, he, I mean, vocals about like that guy with Foreigner, he was just great, but he wanted to be the bass player, and, um, but I branched, I think the first full, now I played all the way from, you know, in nightclubs all the way from, like I said, from the 60s, you know, that point, he would open for some big name band stuff, but when I went out on the road, actually traveling full time was a group from Spartanburg. Oh, okay. Called Wooden Apple. Okay. You may remember them. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it was, it was, I just knew then I wasn't looking back. You oh, know, yeah. I mean, you know, it's just like, and again, I, I still play a rhythm guitar. <laughs> he still had Bailey Johnson was on lead guitar in that band, and he, he was real nice to me. He's great. He encouraged me, but I mean, you know, he would have let me play, but he was a better guitar player. So I, uh, I was still playing rhythm and singing, and, and, uh, and then went on. Uh, I don't know. I played. You know, I end up after left that band. I ended up with the. Royal family, I believe it was used to be Billy Joe Royals yeah, back right. up there. You know yeah. Andre and all yeah. that occurred. And I ended up with them, and they had they worked with Billy Joe wasn't playing at that time. So uh, we did some uh, did some jobs, you know, all over the place, you know, you know, throughout the southeast and stuff. And then uh, we played with the Coasters for a few oh. jobs. I remember them no, with no saxophone. Oh, really? To and uh, thank goodness we did have enough. We're still, I was on rhythm guitar. We had a, a boy from Union, South Carolina, playing. Tim Robinson playing lead guitar at that point. So we were uh, went, went with them, and then I went out with uh, by myself. You asked me earlier. Yeah. I've done it two or three times in my life. I don't mind. I think you saw me do it at the Bowery. I, I you know, I grab a guitar and play by myself my way, but. Uh, Never like to hear myself for a whole night. <laughs> I just never enjoyed that's hearing myself. That's also a hard gig by yourself. That's it is, gig. it is, and it's just it's boring. And you know, and uh, I guess it could be rewarding if you really, you know, uh, in it just for the money or self-centered right. or something. But I never took self that serious. But they, we, uh, then I stayed at that a little while. Then I got with uh, we formed a four-piece band called Driving Wheel, and. Uh, I went out with three guys that had never been on the road. Oh. And they were younger. They were just coming out of their teens. And oh. I was in my 20s, but I was an old man in the group. I was kind of like band leader and father figure and whatever else. <laughs> and uh, we had a good little sound, but uh, Robbie Turner, well, Slewfoot, they changed their name after on their second year at the Bowery. They had taken the job at Myrtle Beach after Alabama left. And Zach, Robbie, he was going by Robbie Turner then, he later on really successful songwriter. He's in South Carolina Hall of Fame, Music Hall of Fame now, inducted last year. And he had, you know, Watermelon Crawl, I'm Over You, all them songs. He's a great songwriter, singer, he played. But he decided, you know, it was time to move to Nashville. And he's certainly qualified and he done well for himself. So he decided to 
uh, to leave the band, and they asked me to come in. And I think we talked, talk, but I was somewhere. I came in from, you, you saw me when yeah, I came I in. I That's did. weird, because you saw me by the time yeah. I came in. I, I don't remember where I, I think the last place I played was Florida before I came back to Sleepwood or somewhere, but I was obligated, and I wanted to feel my, my obligation. And, and uh, you know, I loved the Bowery, and especially the early years, it was, it was different. It was different. You know, Bugs is the manager, oh, yeah. and Bugs, Bugs is my friend. Oh, he get on to you, you know. When, you yeah. know, if he thought I was a little over the top or something, sure. yeah. I think I was the first I one to start wearing. Well, I think I was the first guy that started wearing shorts in the Bowery. They oh had a rule yeah, again. man! You I've, I've, I've got those pictures of you guys in those oh, shorts. Lord. <laughs> oh. Well, we started off with blue jean shorts. We moved to the beachwear shop, and I'm not going to live that down, you know. <laughs> no, you're not. Never. I, I mean, you know. I've seen the pictures with the high socks. And the, oh, and high the short socks. Shorts. Short, short nylon socks. Uh, yeah. Shorts. And, yeah, oh, yeah. And, and I don't think we ever live that down, but it was so hot in there. You know, oh, they wouldn't run their air. Victor right. later on put air. They wouldn't run their air, and it was just so hot. And, so, and, and people were actually standing in line. Wrapped around to the other side and across the oh, road, yeah. trying to get a place in the Bowery. You know, at that point, you it, know, everybody it, wants explain to, to people who who don't know how the Bowery works. I mean, they, you know, it's world famous without a doubt. Uh, a lot of people have gone there on their vacations, you know, but just give them an idea of how a typical day at the Bowery would go for you. Well, at that time, you know, it was just really one of the only two things to do in that area, the, the beach wagon they had down there, and they had a great country band there. You know, they were more rehearsed and playing right. what was on the charts. They had their set rehearsed, and they were great. But Bowery, we was like a human jukebox. Yeah, y'all were. That's what we right. had to be. You know, just, I mean, you had a tip bucket in front of you. Right. Before this COVID thing came along playing for tips, you had a you had a, a tip bucket in front yeah. of you, and that's what you did every night. and. You had to be pretty sharp, or you're going to starve to death. So, what people would just sit there and drink draft beer. There's no dancing at that right. point. There's no dancing, and they would just listen, which is actually kind of a good thing for yeah, a musician. Yeah, it's a really good. You know, thing. you're the center just before karaoke and all this, and you yeah. know you're not needing attention, but you know someone's actually listening, listening to you. But, yeah, it's, you it's know, like a listening room almost. Right, and the TV screens aren't going behind sure. the band, and you know they're not right. asking you to slide over two feet so they can finish watching the ball game while you're playing, you know. Yeah. So, so the respect issue was there, and we took the job serious too. We, we, we played hard, and it's a hard gig, like six, and then like in July, sometimes like six and a half days a week, you do a matinee show, and, right. and it doesn't sound like much, but when you do it, for months at a time. And what kind of time would you come to work there? I think we started, uh, I believe it was seven or seven, 15, we started, and then we, we would, they would make us quit. The police were real strict about it back then. They kept it real tidy down there, I'll say, on, on the strand there. And we had to quit by 1.30. Okay. You know, they'd make us quit. And according, if you're in Bugs' favor or not, it's, uh, during the, Naturally, you didn't quit during July and June, so oh, I kept. Yeah, but on the on the off months, if if you were in good favor, of bugs, he might he might let you stop at one fifteen or, or <laughs> one ten something. But if he was mad at you, you, you might go to one forty, you know. And the police be looking at, at through the door, but but the Bowery. I have a lot of respect for for Victor, that owns and 
operates a battery now, Victor Shama. Good friend. And it's, to me, I've played a lot of places, and I, I, I think it's the world's best little honky-tonk. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, not like, you know, like, honky-tonk. it's not like a honky It's not like a Texas no, it's bar room or something, but it's, 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 it's a listening room with beer and stuff, and it's, there's a there's ghosts in the air there. And, I, you know, it's just these vibes in there, that, that room, you can feel it. Oh, when you when you took that stage, oh, yeah. well, Robbie, I talked about him a while ago, Zach Turner, I talked about, you know, he had left. But he played keyboards, he sat down, and he sat to the side. So when they came in after Alabama, they didn't actually have a front man. Okay. And Janet hadn't started, you know, she right. came on, did a lot of vocals for us and did on the records and stuff. That was Phil's wife. She, she hadn't, she was there with Phil, but she hadn't started singing with the band yet. So, there was, hadn't been a front man behind Randy. Right. Yeah, yeah I mean, you, I step, mean, you step in front of you, shoes, you, you yeah. step, you step in on in yeah, center stage, and you, and you came behind Randy Owen. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, he was good looking. He could sing. Yeah. And he, he knew three thousand songs. Yeah. I mean, you know, he, I mean, uh, yeah. I guess the only thing we had, me and him had in common was he played rhythm guitar. Now <laughs> 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 I was still playing. Rhythm. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, I love it. But, yeah, but uh, yeah, you do have to know. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess your catalog was pretty vast. Well, yeah, I can remember one of the first requests I came, if you, the lady comes up, and she's from West Virginia, and she wants to hear Tom Dooley. <laughs> Usually it was Country Roads, from oh, yeah, they yeah, wanted, yeah. but it was Tom Dooley. And Phil, Phil Phil said, yeah, we don't know. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> so we, we, uh, we don't know. I said, yes, we do, too. <laughs> my, my grandpa made me learn them songs, and I said, and I think I sang, maybe I might have known two verses at that time. We sang, she did it about three times that night, give us $20. Well, yeah, That's man. a lot of money back yeah, then. Oh, God, oh, you know? yeah. We knew we was going to eat tomorrow. We're going to the <laughs> Chinese buffet tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, well, now tell them about the living situation, too, during that time. Oh. Uh, I mean, that was part of the deal, was it not? No, they didn't put us up. Odell and them was there for a while. They had a house over Miss Eva Page house on 7th Avenue North, uh -huh. right across from Chapin's. You know, Chapin's yeah. one of those things kind of yeah. like it had everything, the grocery yeah. store, clothing store, right? You know, hardware, everything in one store. But uh, it was like a two-story, and it had a, like garage apartments up downstairs and up in the garage out back outdoor shower no <laughs> you, i still love them today we did have a claw foot tub but it had outdoor shower that's uh they'd have to cut it off we didn't stay year round back then but uh, i ended up staying there year round later on but uh you said you remember plum bob plum yep. bob he lived back there with his girlfriend at the time in, in the back room and uh i moved in actually my bedroom, I can't make it, it was supposed to be like a living room area. We set it up, and then uh, and Odell had the other room, and we lived there. And then Phil and Janet, they stayed in a mobile home somewhere down there, you know. So we, but it was kind of like a big band house, and yeah. everybody, everybody, it was a popular place right beside the liquor store. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good place, yeah. <laughs> so everybody was coming in and out all day long, slamming. We didn't lock our doors. Did, did, did y'all jam during that time, or were y'all just too wore out from playing? Mostly, we'd listen to music some before we worked in 
Sunday afternoon you had a stereo bit going. Oh, yeah. It'd be going all day. You know, we didn't we didn't jam much playing, but we had the stereo going. You know, and, and I guess uh, you'd figure out what what if y'all had if you came across a song you wanted to do. I guess you just figure. Yeah, out. yeah, and every now and then, you know, I had to come from the pop band a lot of pop bands right. you know before I got in country I had played country on, on a little house gig one time before that but uh mostly just Merle Haggard I, right. I like Merle Haggard a lot yeah. you know that's my man I can't sing like Merle Haggard but nothing, I like him I do everything I just do everything my way I, I've seen here a lot of people try to imitate him I, I let them go ahead and do it I, I know I can't get there so I just do it my way but yeah. they had um uh, but yeah they they'd bring me some records every now and it's like hey Learn this. what about this one can you know when yeah. things new material yeah and we put in something and then we brought Janet on oh I guess that created a whole different type of color yeah she they got a little worse her piano for it I was her I I didn't know her oh uh, did you know anybody in there before you went yeah Phil you know Odell, like I said Odell and I had played together and then later on by by 82 I brought Mark in out of driving mm -hmm. wheel like the band did I mean I you know recommend him right. And uh, Phil and I knew each other. Phil played with a real good, kind of a rock pop band, you know, uh, kind of doing the same circuit I was, except they were more rock oriented. When I told y'all went out Wooden Apple, they were dressed up these fancy uniforms and stuff. And uh, they, they played out west some and stuff. I remember he called me in Texas, offered me a job in the band one time, but I, I, I'm, I'm gonna think maybe I was with Wooden Apple in, and I just, more stay put, right. you know, what it was. Yeah. And so they had faith in me that I could walk in and do that job unrehearsed. And that, that's a big step, yeah. a big risk, because you just took Alabama's place, you know. Oh, that's yeah. a big risk and you know, for me. I, but I have to say, I, you know, I've always just been me, so I, I wasn't nervous. I just I just did what I did, you know, and right. the songs I could sing and sing my way. But it I worked, did. though. Yeah, I mean we did we did their songs. I mean we did Alabama. They came, they dropped by, and uh, they they parked their bus over across from the Seventh Avenue over in Chapin's parking lot when right. they was in town. But uh, we did you know Mountain Music, Tennessee River. You know those were requests. Everybody was really high yeah, on them. Yeah, I guess you did have to do a lot of that. We you? did, and we didn't we didn't mind. We didn't get offended, but we actually took it. You know, you know, the the ones that talked to us most of they would tell us, "Yeah, y'all do." You know, pretty good job on yeah. that. You know, Teddy yeah. and Randy, whoever they were, right. they were always really nice to that's us. Good. I mean, they so that's so those are big shoes to follow. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's just those guys knew so many songs, and and they really did. They earned it. I mean, a lot of people think they, they didn't stumble upon that. I mean, they they practiced, they practiced their harmonies, and I mean, they 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 deserve everything they ever got. They they're great, you know. Yeah. So how long did you stay there? I stayed. With Slewfoot, we stayed, we left, we did 81, when I was with it, went to 81 through 83. And then uh, Maurice Petty, Richard's brother, became our manager. And we did a lot of stuff working at the racetrack, stuff like that through right. R.J. Reynolds and the big back then. You know, yeah, that's good jobs. Yeah, great stuff job. changed a little bit, but we, we did Talladega. You know, you look out there, yeah. when, you're, when you're out there playing, you're out there, I don't know what, what they, 50, 60,000, yeah, whatever you got there playing, you know, people, that yeah. many people, and, and you meet a lot of people from, uh, we played Talladega, uh, 
the night before we played a party, and then uh, the next day Alabama was a grand marshal of the race, and again, they were all down there, and we played before that many people, and you just do what you do. Sound equipment's a lot better nowadays, so I don't know how we sounded. Oh, yeah, this sure might be, and But uh, it was nice working with them, and we, uh, you know, Richard was driving for right. Curb Records for a while. That was his oh, sponsor, yeah, you remember sure. that? So we kind of had a little thing going there where it was kind of connected, right. and it just it almost got there, but didn't quite make it. You know, it's one of the things that went to the negotiation table and, and just, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what goes. happened. I wasn't involved in negotiations. It didn't quite pan out in the end. So. Well, did I see a picture of you singing the national anthem maybe at a Braves game? Yes. Uh, <clears throat> I want to say that probably was 1983. Okay. You know, you know, and we we did we did the national anthem and they it was on you know live broadcast. They were playing the Dodgers that day and they some somebody gave me some pictures. Of, they said you know those Kodaks they little yeah. surround you, but they uh there's one picture with Phil Necro leaning over had a little barrier for us. He's leaning over like something. He's sitting there watching us play and. You know, and then that's pretty cool. The mad Hungarian's got his arms around uh, Janet. Huh? He's actually, she said he bit her on there. He's actually <laughs> seen, seen the picture. He's actually never, never on, never on there. I'm not sure what she thought about that, but he did it. And uh, he he wore when he pitched that day against the rules for the baseball league rules. But he he had a slew. He wore a slew foot. Slew foot shirt on it. And he he it. it if you find the whole broadcast, he actually opened up his shirt and showed the. But all the guys that drove. Not all the guys, but a lot of the guys that drove from NASCAR are running slew foot stickers on their car. Oh, that's great! I, I don't what that would I don't know what that would have cost you. They'd put them. They'd put them. Most of them would put them there at the gas tank. That cost so, you a bunch. Yeah, when they'd pit, you know, you see slew foot stickers, and I mean, all the all the great drivers, they, they were good to us and pulling on us, and and, and the people from R.J. Reynolds, we wasn't actually under a, like a direct sponsorship, like right. like. Alabama was with the Salem Light Tour and all that, right. but we did have a lot of help yeah. from, from them back That's then. great too, man. I mean, that's just... Yeah, we had help from them. That's, um, that's pretty big time stuff. Yeah, it was big, but that's first, first, probably the first really good glimpse I got of uh, corporate money, you know. I mean, like I said, they wouldn't hand us, but we, you know, they paid us well. Like, yeah. If we played on Sunday, if we was going to do, if we were going to do Talladega on Sunday, they wanted us to Talladega by Wednesday. Yeah. And they were paying for the eats. They were paying for the motel. And sure. We, we could eat. They wasn't yeah. none of us skinny, you know, <laughs> you know so we, 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 we could that's, eat. That's except for, good. Except for Jenny, and I guess she always was fit, but the rest of us, but they had, uh, uh, but yeah, it was, it was. but you, you start learning too. You learn, you start seeing, and we, we had some brushes with Nashville for that, you know, and uh, we'd already been there for, our chart records, I think they were in 86. We had the live album, that was recorded in 82. Okay. And, uh, but we didn't get them back to 83. We didn't get, they didn't mix it and get them to us to 83. Oh, yeah, we, didn't, we didn't get them that season. And uh, they, so we had brushes. I, we went up there and recorded some stuff. It's, I don't think anybody has any copies of it. You know, oh, yeah. the early stuff. I don't even think anybody, I can told you I did a, Ronnie McDowell song with him right. in the studio. I I never understand why I did it, but I did it. <laughs> and we did some other good stuff and and uh, working around a lot of good producers and and 
players, extra players on, on stuff, and and we played there. We we started playing some, you know, clubs in right. Nashville and stuff. Some, you know, the bigger yeah. ones and stuff yeah. like that. Not on Broadway and Lane, and uh, but it was nice. And we, you know, was we, we, we were learning. You have to learn uh, about yeah. about a bit. You know, it's business is different, you know, oh, than yeah. you thought it was when you were growing up. You just could True. Oh, change yeah. the world. Oh, yeah, you, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. but when you get to art, you singing. So right. Well, now, what what did y'all do in the summers off? What did you do then? Go out and play other places. Well, the winter time we, we they was they was real good to us around home. We did tour other places. We met people at the Bowery that like took us to Ohio oh, places yeah, like yeah. that, and they would use us wow. in, in their club. North Carolina, we right. play out. You know, uh, we played one club up in Winston Salem. Well, we played two clubs there. I don't recall the names. I'll be honest, right. but but we played, and they they come see us, and then, you know, and then uh, we played different places. But folks around Greenville and Greenwood, South Carolina. It, I mean, Sleaford could pack a club. I mean, right. you know, it, I mean, you know, yeah. about every time you know we pull in, the place was packed. It, you know, it was going to be a party, and everybody right. gonna have a good time, and and our friends were really good to us. That's good. I mean, that's really good. Yeah. We, so, so what we, happens after Sleaford? After I left Sleafoot in '87, and um, I want to thank, I, I don't remember, maybe 80, I don't know if it's '88 or '89. I came back. I went back to the Bowery with the. Uh, they had a band called Showdown, real good country singer Steve Cox. He's Anderson South Carolina, he's tremendous, and uh, they brought me back on. Steve's a good guitar player, so by that time I was playing, you know, starting to play some lead too. So me and right. him was playing the leads, and uh, he would he was singing the majority of songs, and so I stayed there with them. I think I left in nineteen ninety, well, and I, I went to I moved up toward North Myrtle Beach. I, it was my playing that is. I still over. Uh, well, I had moved on Fifteenth Avenue. I had, I had left Seventh Avenue by the time, but anyway, they had. Uh, we played Ocean Annie's. I don't know if you heard that beach bar there. It's kind of a famous beach bar up there. You know, it's, you go down Shore Drive past yeah. 2001 and right. all that stuff, yeah. and you end up on the ocean. You're playing right on the ocean every day. And, uh, so, and they, they, they you got paid. You didn't have to play for tips. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you you actually got paid, yeah. And, and paid pretty, got paid pretty good, so it was hot. Yeah, and I'm the sure. weather, you'd have to change strings about every day or every other day because the weather would ruin your stuff. But uh, it was a hot job. But it was, you met a lot of people, too. And, and I was working with a uh, guy that had a job was Robert Barrington. I think he's originally from North Carolina. He, bass player with a big, thick voice, just sang really good. And so uh, he and I were doing the vocals in that band and, right. and playing a little bit. You know, you might be playing Billy Ocean and then Jimmy Buffett and right. Margaritaville, whatever. A little bit different than what I've been playing, but it's right. making a living, making money, raise a family. And then, uh, so that would be 90. After that, uh, I believe we formed Kid Coat then. As I tell you, you know, we went, ended up pretty good jobs, you know, traveling around, playing different places. And we played in Japan twice, I think Carolina Opry sent us over there the first time, but they were, they had some involvement with the right. 
with that, I don't remember Calvin Gilmore how, how we were chosen to play, and and it was, now that was different. <laughs> I, was, I was playing in Japan. Yes, yeah, they treated us like kings. I mean, it's just it's it was they they treated us so good, and uh, everybody was just. I still have gifts that they gave me. I I had to leave stuff. We couldn't carry stuff home. Really? No, I couldn't get it all on plot. You know, I'd had to pay so many taxes and tariffs, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was different. Uh, did you have a translator go with you guys, or did you just figure they it out? Met, no, they met us there with a guy that was, uh, I remember he was a karate instructor there, but he's kind of a, one of the larger Japanese guys, taller guy. He, he had been to the University of Minnesota, uh, and so he was, he could talk slang and everything, you uh, know, so, so he gets in there and he gives us, Kind of enough to cut to the chase, you know. Right. You know the, their Japanese slang and stuff. I, and uh, and I stayed there. We went there twice. I learned how to say left, right, straight. <laughs> what is this? What is this? Yeah, that's yeah. great. So, but uh, so how long did you stay when you would go? We stayed like six or six and a half weeks or something. I think wow. first time in about same amount. Say, and first time we weren't working, but three thirty-minute shows. And I think the second time we were working like two 20-minute sets. Really? Yeah, and we're doing a medley. We might do a, one change that we might do a Hank Williams Sr. medley one night or, and then, you know, then we might play whatever's on the charts in America at the time. She don't know she's beautiful or whatever oh, was yeah. on the charts, you right. know, and, and yard sale, whatever was on right. the charts at the time. And, um, and we just, we, we actually recorded a, a live CD there. Oh, really? At that club, yeah, live from the Bourbon House uh, over there. And uh, so it was, uh, they had, uh, we had, I think the whole, that whole tape was, it was done on ADAT when ADAT yeah. first came oh, out yeah. and then mixed down and put the cassette in there, watched pressed on vinyl that I know of anyway. Every, that, that, I don't, I think it's about ten songs or so, and all of them are original. Kenny Bentley, I mean, he was a good songwriter and singer and guitar player, and um, he wrote some songs, and I wrote several songs, and I guess it's done in Japan. I mean, I, I, we sold out whatever we pressed. I don't remember how many it was, but you, I mean, whatever we don't, you know, made on cassettes. But that was pretty good. You know, I enjoyed. What did you do with the rest of your time while you was there? Just look around. I walked around, you know, especially the first time we went was in May, and, and you know, I just walked around and looked. Now, if you want to go for long distances, you know, they have the public train system, oh, yeah. you know, carries you everywhere. It's really right. big. There's no room for any kind of used stuff or trash or anything, you know, so very few people, yeah. you, kind of more of the well do people had cars there in Japan, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Everybody else is public transit and stuff, and so, uh, I walked a good bit. I mean, we just, and a lot of guys, you know, I had kind of pulled the plug on my partying back in 87. Right. So they were, they would go out oh, yeah. some of the all night clubs and oh, <laughs> come yeah, stumbling yeah. in. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Stumbling in the morning. We, we didn't have to play late that evening. You know, you only play for the, but uh, they wouldn't get too bad off it they, once or twice. But a lot of the people take us out was interesting. And it's like, uh, we met some people that was kind of like, um, more than the high-level high management stuff and some of the Japanese products that you're familiar with here in the States, and they just wanted to be around us. They That's were real cool. 
thrilled about Americans in them days. They want they want to dig, you know, pick your brain what America was really like. Oh, and yeah. Oh, yeah. They take us out and I drink cool. a Coca Cola with them or something, you know, <laughs> and 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 that's that was my first brush with karaoke as uh me and uh three of the Japanese guys they had everybody's arms around each other's shoulders singing yesterday in karaoke. <laughs> oh, really? yeah. yeah. That's pretty fun. I don't <laughs> I might should have stuck the rhythm guitar on that one. <laughs> I don't know, but it was but it was it was fun. We had we had a good time and they were really I, I have to say that they're really good people. That's good. Um, That's I great. Mean, they they treated us extremely well, both trips. So what happens then after this? I come back, I moved back from the beach. I think I left in about ninety four, I think it, maybe it was Kid Cole. And I come home and people start calling me, you know, play. So, you, you know, I, I tell them I, I've been gone, I don't even know what's on the charts, you know, but it's all you can wing it. So I kind of winged it around with some different bands, you know, around, you know, the Greenville area and stuff like this. Kind of went. And then we formed a band, these people came to see us. Uh, well, actually, we formed a band called Pale Horse. And they still have the band together. One of the bass players we hired on later, not original bass player, he still keeps the band together. Huh. And uh, we, so 1995, we took a house job and we played there for two years. And the club bar wanted to sell it. And so we were playing one night, and I said, Well, how much do you want? And he, made a proposal and I think you know if he thought I was serious or not I said well we'll get together Monday with you know attorneys and all this stuff and we'll he said you kidding I said no I'm not kidding stuff. so I stayed there 13 years wow and uh, but we had good house bands now, they had a great house band out the road from us at the Blind Horse they had a great you know my friend Ronald Radford playing right. guitar I told you about oh, and, you know and of course, Scotty Hawkins played there for a while too, you know, and stuff. And, but we had a place called The Manor. It was in the Morgan Manor. That was the name of my play. And it was kind of a famous club. It had been real successful for a lot of people. And so we we stayed there, and it kind of like that side of town started kind of moving. Everything started shifting back downtown, and they were doing a lot of different entertainment right. downtown for free and stuff, and regulations and stuff. So it was, it had about done all for me, it, you know, about all it's, right. it was going to do for me right, course, at, yeah. at, at that point. So I decided to, uh, you know, just close up. Right. And I see it's 2010 by that time. And so I take off my dog, Tanko, he was my buddy. We, we go down to Florida and just goof off for a little bit. And on the way home, I. Thought I'd get a break for a while, but on the way home I got a call. And these guys were needing a guitarist, a lead guitarist, <laughs> <laughs> and a singer to play on, on uh, Prince's Cruise Line. And uh, they had a girl lead singer that was really good, Danielle Taylor. I call her Danny. And uh, she covered a lot of ground. I mean, anywhere from Tennessee Waltz to 
Lady Gaga. That's, right. you know, that's what we had to play. We yeah, were doing, that's we were a doing, wide array, array of music, yeah. Oh, yeah, we, we played, we'd be out there playing by the swimming pool for the crowd, you know, on the sailors and stuff, doing, you know, the make you feel good songs. And then we may have to do a captain's ball later on with a tuxedo playing kind of jazz oriented yeah. and stuff. And then at night we were playing, they'd have theme nights. Like one night we'd have to play country music. We might play, we might be playing Saturday night favorite music, oh, you know, yeah. the next night or right. something. And, and and then we'd do a show. We did some shows too. We'd have to put together some shows and, you know, you know, it, it was, it really was not quite like what people think it would be just out there, you know, partying every day. You you have to get in the ship system, learn to be part of the system, and and you have to be pretty well versed if you're going to do it because well, they, they started cutting like back it. on the budget. By this time, they cut back where one band was doing three bands' jobs. You oh, know what yeah, 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 and, yeah. And so you had to be a versatile musician to cover that ground, and that's what they're looking for. And those other people, if you can't, if you can't do it, somebody oh, can. Oh, yeah, somebody's so. waiting for that job, I'm sure. Yes, sir. And we were lucky through the years with Slewfoot and going, I'm, I'm actually headed backwards a little bit, but we, when I tell you playing Chicken Shack in that area, we, leaving right after that, we had some bands when we first started playing Greenville and stuff, we opened for a lot of bands. I had some you know, pop festivals like things around, oh, and we yeah. helped for a lot of big people, you know, yeah. Cactus and Goose oh, Creek yeah. Symphony, and Marshall Tucker was on the bill on one of the jobs we played at, and, I mean, just I met some of the guys and became friends with some of the guys and stayed in touch. And and then uh, with Slewfoot, we got to, we got to do a lot of, especially like in '86, when we had a we had I think we had three records chart that year, and uh, one of them was on the Billboard charts. Was it's so nice to be with you, the old yeah. gallery song. Mm -hmm. And we did a lot of opening for. Oh, for yeah. a lot, a lot of good people, and like I know you've done so much yourself, but you get some surprises. You get some of the guys you you thought was going to be nice, not quite as nice, yeah. to you. and then the guys that, that you didn't think was going to be mean to, but they, they were on such a high level, you didn't expect them be right. to be as nice. And oh, I, we we hope for George Strait, man. I, that's I mean, it's a superstar. You know, yeah, you don't know where you and he's one of the nicest guys. He, he is he is a real deal, you know. I like to hear deals like that too. He's that he's, feel he's, good. he's a gentleman. He's he, he is, and then we left off there at uh, let's see where was that we we left off at 2010 a, a moment ago, and then um, yeah, we was on the cruise ship. Yeah, and so I come back and something. Dad's health wasn't going good, so Mama didn't want me to. She didn't want me to go back out, so uh, I didn't. You know, I just right. just started playing. You know, playing around town yeah. and pick back up with pay a horse. Yeah, pick back up with pay a horse, and we were popular. We were drawing good. You know, we had to follow and stuff from club four and did real good. Stayed in a while, and then I left. You know, about five years ago, and the band I call home right now is a group called the Hot Notes. And it's just a three-piece band. Right. Me and I call them John Boys. Jonathan Bowling, John Boy Bowling, and Tony Crisper. Scotty Hawkins was working with us a good bit. You know, Scotty passed on. You know, and mm -hmm. Scotty was working with us a good bit. And then Tony came in after Scotty, and, and uh, 
but we we have variations of that. We take that band and you know, call who hires us. We we have horns sometimes. Oh and, yeah, you know, yeah, different, yeah. You know, different. You know, extra guitar players, extra singers, and stuff. But you better be able with, with the, there's not that many stages in the local clubs. You know, on the floor and the corners and stuff. In three pieces, you better be able to play rhythm and lead guitar. True. You know what I'm true. saying? Now yeah, you got to play rhythm pieces, and lead yeah, oh, yeah. to try to get by. And it's not like playing it by the record. It's just like it's no. getting by, you know, and doing and yeah. vocals. If I always think, if you got Johnson's a real good singer, if you if you got if you got good vocals, you can get by with a lot. Yeah, good vocals, good harmony singers. You can get by with a lot. Yeah, that's why we started off kind of driving wheel. Dale Hooper, he was a real good singer and real good looking and all that stuff. So we kind of got by. You know, we talked earlier about helps you and stuff. So we kind of got by. We we could cover. Pretty much was on the charts, and we're smart enough not to jump on anything that's above right. our oh yeah our level playing, you know. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. Well, I mean that's just professional there. Well, we had to. I mean, it was something we just wasn't ready for. Yeah. That. that was their first job, first road job, and I had to tell them. I said, "Well, no, we're not ready for that." But we <laughs> yeah. moved to the next song, you know. So, but uh, I've been lucky, and even now, you know, I got my buddies. That get, we get to do jobs like you had. I know you had Shane Pro down the other day. Yeah, I mean, I Shane and I get played every now and then. I think we've done about three three little gigs together this year. Ronald, my buddy Ronald Radford, we you know, hadn't done much together lately, but he me and him and Scotty Scotty's brother played together on off there for a few years and well that's rewarding you get to have him and Scotty on the same job and and uh music's been pretty good to you. I mean you you it's a pretty good life you've had. Yeah, it's been good. I did the, my first solo album in 2015. Yeah. I wrote all the songs on that. Nice, some real good musicians on there. And uh, they they did a wonderful job on that. And then the last one was back in 2018. We did one, Rock House, with, you know, you know Kevin McKinney yeah. from Delbert, and he plays with Brian Setzer. And everybody on there was, Grammy winners, but me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the kind of people you want backing you up. Oh, they were good. Scotty played with me on both of them albums, and and uh, so he, he and all the people in Nashville, you know, he's just so wonderful. All the people he played with Reba and Kick Brooks, and yeah, that's good. He people. played with Jack Pearson. He played with Johnny Neal. Both of them played with Almond Brothers. You know, Scotty yeah, played on that bunch. That's and, some fine guitar players there. Oh boy, he's he's one of those guys. Everybody say you got to have this kind of guitar and that kind and. and He's one that could go pick a Fender Squire unset up yeah. off, off the rack and go play with it and True. make everybody else wonder what they're doing, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, those guys are a different breed. They are. They really are. And that's just, you know, you never want to be negative around somebody, but I had some young people ask me how, and that's the good things say in an interview to ask you how to do. And I, I've seen some people look at me like you got four heads sometimes. But they ask you, but it's not quite the answer they want to hear. How do you get these jobs? How did how did you right. get to play on a record in Nashville? Right. How did you get to play your own part with eighteen? Right. How did you play behind a, a major artist, not just open for them? How have you played? Got to play on shows with major artists and stuff, or they pick you, to fill a job on cruise line, just whatever. You got to put your work in yeah, on exactly. stage and off stage, and they want somebody that's dependable, and, and everybody makes jokes about. You know their habits, but right. 
Decide, oh, you can decide what you want to be. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, you know. I mean, habits. It'll make you think you're good, you know, but yeah. they could hurt you. You know, that's what I'm saying. Anything. Sure, they can. You know that. You, oh, to they, so many people. You've seen it happen. You I've say seen it happen with so many, so many people. You know, it, it, there's a lot, a lot of stuff involved in some success, but most of it's just hard work. <laughs> I, just, I just tell people keep between the ditches with. You know their habits. Try to keep the daddy yeah. used to tell me keep you know keep it between the ditches, and that's that's uh, that means don't get there too far, or too left, or too far right. And right. Keep yourself in check, and try to surround yourself with people. If you would have, you know, it, you, you've done it. You, you know, you, you you can play with a band that's got some vision and. It really cares about how you're doing, or you can play in drunk bands. True, you can. You know what? I'm not dogging. both. Yeah, I have, I have to. Cause I have to. <laughs> I probably had people mad at me a few times, but but you know, but you know, that's, uh, as you go on, you know, you 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 do learn. If you're going you learn, to survive, you, know, you have to. You know. Well, yeah, and that's what keeps you in in the system. And that's a good that's a good advice for young musicians. You know, I mean, yeah, we're a couple old guys talking about it, but. We're a couple old guys who uh, have made music for a long time, and there's a reason, you know. Yeah, you see it coming. You, you nowadays you you played long enough that you actually, even if it's a song, you can't quite get there with your abilities. You see, you you hear it and yeah. you recognize it. You know, and you know not play every exactly every song, every note that you know on every song. You know, I know well, songs to stay away from myself personally. Oh yeah, uh, you know I can. We talk. You know, when you and I talked on the phone, you know, a few days back, yeah. we, we talked about some, uh, well, I guess it's hard to choose favorites, you know, and I have bands I love and individual musicians, but one of my favorite guitar players is Jeff Beck. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to practice, if I practice every day, I'm not going to play like Jeff Beck, it doesn't matter, you know, I mean, I don't Nobody mean negative, he just, he, he's, he's on another universe, and then, yeah. but uh, another one of my favorite guitar player is Reggie Young. Yeah, Reggie. And you know, I and I, no, I don't play like Reggie Young, but That's tasty I, got stuff, a, I, I got a chance on becoming a better tasty guitar player by trying, yeah. you know, trying to emulate some of this stuff. I mean, I got a good chance on, I like that, I kind of like that kind of guitar player. Well, those like guys taste. went a long ways with playing tasty chops. Reggie's one of them. Yeah, he's like an intro on Drift Away, nobody plays it right, and he's the only one ever plays it right, and, he, and it's great, you know, and yeah. I mean, it's just it could, you couldn't improve on that song. No, I've, you couldn't. I've heard re remakes of it, and they got close on the intro, but it wasn't, no. you know, wasn't authentic, but they, but Reggie's just a great, you know, you think about his solos and stuff, and, and, and his little intro licks, and yeah, that's him, him on the, Billy Swan on I Can Help. Oh, that yeah. Intro, and then, yeah. You know, that's, uh, Which is a great tune, too, before I forget it. That, that is a great tune. He's, yeah. he, him and the producer were angry at each other about that one. They actually got, so he's like, take this, and he puts this little lick in there. That's what the story is. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, they, uh, but he, he's great. So, I, you know, I never try to be a hot shot guitar player. I try, and then if, uh, but it gets me jobs now. I mean, like, and I like playing with different people. I mean, I, I like going in there unrehearsed and, well, you've done, uh, you've... Trying to, you know, just, you know, try to do a good again, job. you spent a long time doing that. I mean, you, you've... Yeah. I, I mean, your catalog must be massive. Well, you just don't know what's going to happen when it comes out. Sometimes things come back to me. You know, we, we, I, I might do it. Like I told you, 
when you and I were talking off the air, I, I might do a ham at the end of the yeah, night, you know, because I grew up, Daddy Daddy took me to church every Sunday and every Wednesday too, so <laughs> yeah. I might throw one of the old Southern Baptist hymns in there, you know, if somebody wants to hear it. And then uh, with the hot notes every now and we'll break out and do some Sinatra. And then yeah, uh, I broke broke into it down in Spartanburg the other night at a club playing with another band. I broke into some Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin, you know, I mean, it just, uh, and, and, it, and it actually went over, but, you know, it's just, I just like music. Yeah, I like music too, and yeah. I think that's a big part of it too. Yeah. Bill, I know it's a long ride up here, buddy, but I do appreciate you coming and doing this. Yes, sir. This has been something I've been looking forward to for a long time. Well, I just humbled that, you know, it's so nice and the things you said to me and, oh. Yeah. I mean, I. It's, it's, I mean, I've been looking forward to this one and thank you. You hadn't let me down. <laughs> well, it's a good story, man. Thank you. I, I sure appreciate you and Sandy, I really do. And, coming from you, you're one of the veterans too, so I appreciate that. And well, I, I, I appreciate you coming. This has been really good, thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you.
that way. 